the path of the witch is so unique. The, the gift of witchcraft. I was able to see, hear, and communicate with spirits. A very personal relationship between a person and spirit. Carnal lust and some things like that. Working with different energies and spirits and communicating. Creating magic. Powerful yeah. ritual and powerful spells. She's actually sitting me in the cold. The role of the witch is to make change. Let's it be, y'all. Let's it be. People ask me, like, okay, I'm a witch, and I don't know what to do. Twenty years ago, three young friends realized they were witches. They scattered to different parts of the world, following magic and spirit. Now, they're back in their hometown to share what they've learned. Welcome to That Witch Life Podcast, your home for living as a witch in today's world. Hey, everybody. Welcome, and thank you for joining us for another episode of That Witch Life Podcast. I am joined, but this is Kanani, and I am joined by my fellow co-hosts, Hillary. Oh. And I almost said, and Kanani. And Courtney. And Kanani. I'm Courtney. The other. I'm not Kanani. I am the other one. The um, other. Other people may confuse us. Uh, you know, well, you used to call me your growth. I would say the other That's is probably a, a up, an upgrade. Yeah, it is. What I was do you like, mean used okay. to? <laughs> Still do. Still do. <laughs> Actually, people do, but people do see pictures of us and think we're related. So, to yeah. Be fair. Well, it just goes to, f- we, we share some features, but it also goes to show that when you spend a lot of time with someone over the years, you do start looking like them. It's just a thing that happens. Plus, we're both insane, and I think that we walk too fast. We walk much faster than a normal human being, and we have giant feet, so we have that in common. You are the only person who can, I can share shoes with. Exactly. I mean, literally, like when we went to the drag brunch and you showed up in fucking tennis shoes, which was not allowed. Yeah, I did. Uh, <laughs> that seems like so long ago, back when we used to give a shit about shoes we'd wear out. I haven't worn any shoes but my sneakers and my gardening clogs in a year, y'all. A year. I have pretty much lived in jogging pants, and I, I wore jeans, I want to say once in the last year, and it was the weirdest experience in the world. I was like, <laughs> what, what is, it has a butt, a button, a zipper, what is happening right now? <laughs> Why did I think I needed all these things? to wear a pair of jeans, which was like 95% of my wardrobe up until the pandemic. And oh yeah, yeah. I put them on. I was like, this same. Is like very at the first time I wore jeans after the pandemic, I was like, why did I ever wear these ever? <laughs> you know what's funny is that I, when I before the pandemic, I used to be in my pajamas until I would need to leave the house. So because I worked at home even before all this happened, but honestly, now I get dressed in my jeans when I get out of bed in the morning. I probably am a psychopath. Yes, or. On somewhere on the psychopath spectrum. I can't I can't relate to any of these feelings <laughs> of dressing up. I can't relate to any of these feelings. I've I have you would think you would think with how unfortunate I dressed before and how I don't know how to properly clothe myself, you would think that the bar couldn't go lower. And yet I have and I've put on my Instagram and my Twitter and, and talked about how I have uh, inadvertently been running around town in my husband's slippers, socks and slippers. And that's what I do now. And, and it's not so much that I do it as much as I can, I can justify it in my head 
where it wouldn't even be accidental anymore. Now I can just think <laughs> you it's can a just... good idea. <laughs> it's not like before when I would have them on because I'm like, well, I'm just going to go through the drive-thru, so it doesn't really matter. And then I realized, oh, I need to go pick up milk from Safeway. And now I realize I'm in the middle of Safeway in fucking slippers. <laughs> and holy um, crap, what have I done? you're not alone. It's, now it's I'm Oregon. Like, you know what? Fucking slippers. I'm going to wear the slippers. I got to go to Safeway. It's just not, you know, it's just the bars like nodded down about three or four pegs. And I'm just, I'm cool with that right now. Speaking uh, speaking about your wardrobe before we got started, I would disagree that you don't know how to dress yourself or that you don't have taste. Because I think you do know how to dress yourself and I you do. have very good taste. I do. I'm just lazy. You I'm lazy are just fuck. lazy. Yeah, You're I'm like. Lazy. I have some hot ass outfits in my do. closet. And what was it? I. I did something. Hillary the other and I day. helped you pick up some of them out. We're like, yeah, come on now. I, I have some like bad, <laughs> like when I want to dress up, when I want to have my whole badass bitch mode, I've got some fucking outfits and shoes to rock. And you that. have a coat to go I with just it now. Never wear them. I just don't. Uh, my fantasy is that once this pandemic finally lifts and we can start doing some live events, you know, that wardrobe will come in handy. Oh, I know. So, that's that's yeah. my whole thing. That's why I'm like, okay, I'm not getting rid of this. Yeah. Instead, I'm going to buy a bitch and push-up bra to go with this. That's what I'm going to do. Push-up bra. Do people still wear those? Oh my God. I can't wait to take the girls for a walk. Like properly take the girls <laughs> for a walk. When what it's not get just you a, a safe way for full that. of other people wearing sweatpants and slippers. I wear push-up bras. Where we're all dressing like normal humans. I wear, I wear those no. on the regular. And I can go out. Oh, man. I used to have one. I called it my $50 boob do- uh, job bra because it was really, and it had this great top it's with nice, it. It's nice because then I can rest my chin yeah. on them. And, they're, and I they're, like that. It's they're nice a good, to, like, purse. Right? Yes. I don't have that. No. Keep your lipstick in there. <laughs> Keep your wheat thins in there. That's right. Keep all wheat you know how many times there. I've taken off my bra and, like, <laughs> something like a debit card or a coin or some sort of money is stuck to the underside of my boob? Frequent. Regular. Yep. I mean, not not so much Fair anymore. There. I'm not wearing a bra these days, but oh yeah, I used to keep money in my bra. It used to be in New York. There would be signs in the bodega in the, like in August when it was super hot, where they'd say we will not accept boob cash because the the, <laughs> it was the tellers were like this. Or, oh, oh yeah, yeah the, the people working gross. at the register were like I am not taking your sweaty five that's been in your boob Ew. sweat all fucking day in New York City where it is hot in August, y'all. Oh, that's nasty. Yeah, the under boob sweat that's real. <laughs> that's that's a real thing. There's there's a reason I have wipes. It's usually just take off the bra, wipe the underboob sweat, good to go. Gotta take oh, care Nani, of the girls. I was just thinking of, of thinking of hilarious things um, and hot things. I just remembered. Remember that Halloween when we were like oh, nineteen? Oh my god, where so awful. I remember. Were you there, Hillary? I remember. I knew you. Of course you were. Because all of she wore was a tight were. dress, a big coat, and we wrote 25 cents no, on her No, she shows breasts. up. Or, yeah. She doesn't even show up. She calls me, and I think, I think it was, I, I don't think it was, I don't think it was actually Halloween. It was like a weekend before. Yeah, well, it was a Halloween event. We were yeah, out somewhere. Yeah, it was somewhere. a Halloween event, and you're like, what are you doing right now? And I'm like, it's fucking 930. I'm going to bed. What's wrong with you? Like, and no, you're not. Just Get like, up. She was like, no. You were there, Ree? I don't remember that. I think she, yeah, I think she was, yeah. And she's, Courtney's like, okay, she's like, I'm going to be at your house in 15 minutes, and you better be ready to go. I'm like, no, I'm fucking going to bed. She's like, I'm going to be at your house in 15 minutes, and you better be ready to go. And I'm like, I don't have anything to wear. And she's, she's like, put on a costume, find something. And I'm like, God fucking damn it, because I know she's going to be there in 15 minutes. So I just put on the <laughs> and tightest, I was there at 10. Oh, yeah, the totally. tightest, shortest dress I had. Some heels, t 
teased my hair because I've got really nice hair, I've got to say. Teased my hair and then wrote, used my eyeliner I or did lipstick that. or something. That Is that was what me. you did? That was me. And you wrote was, you like were, 25 cents or something I wrote on my 25 boob. cents because come on. That was that was hilarious. I'm like, no, it's not enough. So I wrote 25 cents. Everybody loved it. Oh, they loved it. I mean, the guy that tried to slide his debit card down my butt cheek, that was nice. <laughs> he was pretty hot. <laughs> but yeah, so it was funny because I, I think, I Kanani, think, you ended up like bringing home $5 that night. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. People were just orders. giving me money. And I'm like, hey, how's it oh, going? And You're they're like, like oh, well, you I do. Love your costume. Here's two bucks. And so- and someone came, right. and you would actually it was really cute because this guy's like, well, what are you going to give me for 25 cents? You said, give me 25 cents and I'll show you. And they gave you a quarter and you just said, yeah, you get a smile. And he goes, big smile. And he goes, oh, that's really cute. And then, then that's when that guy brought out his American oh, yeah. Express or his debit card. And you're like, you're like honey, card? I can't do that in public. Exactly. He's <laughs> like, what do I get for this? I'm like, oh, for we can't the, do that for here. For the record, we were terrible. That shouldn't have happened, but we did it. So yeah, <laughs> I've done a lot of terrible things. Let's just let's oh, just God. be right out there. Mine mine haunt me at three thirty in the morning. I lay in bed and go, Ooh, oh, oh, mine really don't haunt have me. Said that. I was nineteen. Uh, it's not my fault. Oh no, just I, chalk I, it up I, to that. I was, I, before and after nineteen, there were lots of lots of things things that come at me. I know. In the night. I got the phone calls. I don't You're call you right that. now. What are you doing? No, oh oh, that time I'm short time cheating. Was, I'm short cheating Moby's bed. Who's Moby? What the fuck? <laughs> Why do I call you? You never know who I these people are. This was deep into my 20s that I short-sheeted Moby's bed at a party so at his apartment. Uh, and I didn't know who Moby was when she was trying to yeah, explain this to me and why this was cool. And I'm like, who is Moby? Of course he well, didn't. did. He had a didn't. fridge full of Budweiser because that was the cool thing to be the rock star full of Budweiser. Parker Posey was climbing on the roof and we short-sheeted Moby's bed. I think we also stole his vitamins. So sorry, Moby, if you're listening. Uh, that was me and a couple of our mutual friends. That's hilarious. That's the night also Moby saw my boob because I got dared to walk around, like, take your boob out and walk around the party. I did. Oh, I can't um, <laughs> even count how many times that happened. <laughs> and so Moby was like, hey, Courtney. And I'm like, hi, Moby. You just see my left tit. That's awesome. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't know. How many, I never you know how many knew. times Moby's seen your left tit? I don't know. It's kind of funny of all the things because I'm not, I mean, I joke. I'm not, I'm definitely not modest, but I'm not like super out there with all my shenanigans. But I've never understood the thing with boobs. Like, I can flash my boobs around with the best of them. They're just freaking boobs. I don't get it. Like, there's other, you know, bits and pieces I understand that people are more modest about. But I have just never... It's hilarious to me. People's (laughs) obsession with with breasts and seeing breasts. It just... It makes me laugh. It's been a performance artist. Like, you're just used to... I mean, I don't... Like, I... It's so funny because, like, for years... You know, for years, like, being in theater and opera and whatever i mean you got to change in front of people it's like you're on the side of the stage ripping your clothes off like getting into your next costume so it's like never nudity was never weird to me i mean it was maybe when i was a kid but like once i got into my teenage years and that was just normal like you know like you're changing backstage and then on into my 20s and 30s where i was doing big big productions like you just get used to i don't you know people don't balk at that yeah no it's just i i don't know things like that have always just kind of made me giggle and so that especially when i was younger and when i was a teenager and and, you know, people were a lot more kind of, I guess, I don't, I don't even know if modest is the word as much as, you know, kind of Uptight, you're embarrassed, you know, you're embarrassed, you're just not quite as shaming, comfortable in yourself. Body shaming. Yeah. And so for me, I was always just like, whatever. Well, we've talked about boobs. Should we talk about witchcraft now? Oh, I suppose. Well, that's kind of the same. Well, I mean, it's kind of a good segue since today's our annual love magic episode. 
you know, yes. there's something fun about loving boobs. So, oh, uh, our guest is going to be totally into all of this pre pre prequel or prequel. prequel. Yes, our prequel. Uh, we are later going to be joined by writer, author, and witch Gabriella Herstick, and she's going to be joining us to discuss love spells and love magic. And Ooh. Courtney is going to give us uh, some plans for the new moon. Yeah. Um, Courtney, you want to give us some suggestions for some new moon magic? Yes. So um, we the new moon is coming up on Thursday, February 11th. Um, this moon is in Aquarius. So... This is typically kind of an emotionally detached moon. So although this is February and we're thinking and talking love spells, I would not recommend this new moon to be the time to plant the seeds of love because um, it's a very emotionally distant moon. So it's probably, if it brings you any love at all, um, it's probably going to have some serious detachment to it. And so even if you think that's your way, like, oh, I'm super independent, um, you do want to have an emotional connection with someone in your own way, and this moon is not for that. However, it may be a good time to do some, speaking of prequels, some pre-work before you do your love spells later this month, because it's a good time to look at your relationships with a very analytical eye, which honestly is really important to be pretty bare bones and analytical about your relationships periodically. Yes, you want to go through the lovey-dovey moonlight and roses phases that comes in and out with relationships. And then the periods where you're looking at it really carefully, like what is working and what is not, um, is an important time. So um, doing some kind of clarity work around relationships, whether that's uh, new moon cleansings with salt water, uh, and I would actually even consider adding rose petals or rose oil into your bath for this, but do it with the intention of, I want clarity around my relationships, what's working and what's not. Um, the same time, be really careful with your words with other people as things are likely to come off as insensitive, even if you don't mean to. We also are still going to be in mercury and retrograde, so communication is going to get wonky. So be extra intentional when it comes to how you um, express yourself and your emotions. At the same time, at this new moon, Venus is conjunct Jupiter. So it is a good time to, for overall fun and joy. So if you've been dealing with winter blues, this is a good time to do some spells that sweeten and bring joy into your life. So thinking about creating a honey jar with images of things that you love. Um, so be, jar of honey, cut out some, like, say cut out some stuff from magazines, but none of us read magazines anymore. Um, so downloading things, pictures from the internet, printing them out, or if you don't have a printer, like I don't, um, writing down the things that you really, that you really enjoy and sticking those into uh, the honey jar, which, and then along with either your name and our picture of yourself, or even some of your own hair, um, that, or fingernail clippings as you know, personal curios, the things that you want to, those are things that it, it brings the stuff that you want to you. Now, if you are looking to do love magic this month, you've got a few days where you can do some pretty badass love magic. So starting on Sunday, um, February 14th, Valentine's Day through Wednesday, uh, February 16th. Okay, so you've got Valentine's Day, Monday the 15th, the moon is in a very harmonious place with Venus. And you're also on the heels of Fat Tuesday, which has a lot of sensuous energies that can be really delicious to use in a love spell. After that, we move into Lent. So even if you are not Catholic, there's a lot of Catholic vibes around the world right now in Lent. And even if people who aren't Catholic do honor Lent as well. So it becomes kind of more of a stoic 
um, re- personally reflective time, um, and not as much about a uh, sensuality and, um, and a- attracting love and romance. So, but the three days before, um, uh, Lent begins on, on February 16th are really, really powerful. So if we are going to be doing any love spells, which we're going to talk about with Gabriella, that's the best time that I would recommend this month to do that work. There you go. I did my job. There it is. There it is. There it is. There it is. There There it is. Take it. Yeah. It's done. (laughs) I was really hoping there was going to be like a beaver or a quincunx. No, no, no. Beaver moon has already passed. There was no anal this time. No anal this time. Or no, excuse me. No Uranus. Mm, but we know what you meant because you're 12. Well, so, you know, these are the things. These, this, is, this is what happens when someone, you know, is happy to flash their boobs around town. This is, this is what you get. Well, we are talking Mardi Gras. There isn't going to be a Mardi Gras as it normally would be this year. Um, my God, we're coming up on a year since we started this nonsense because I remember it, it was just after Mardi Gras. Um, and Courtney, you actually have a tarot class coming up, don't you? Yes. Um, a couple of, so reminding everybody that tomorrow, Tuesday, February 9th, I start my five week series online tarot 101, which is hosted by pathways. It's on Tuesday evenings. So even if the time doesn't work for you, you can't do Tuesday nights, you will get the recordings afterwards. So go to our show notes or to Pathways St. Louis to sign up. Would love to see some people there. It's really great. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I, I'm trying to think. I think I know I've been to at least a couple of your tarot classes in the past. Um, and so some of the workshops, you know, that you've taught at like Pagan Pride and whatnot. So I think... It, for those who, particularly your tarot class, I was one that um, I think really kind of started me on doing, making me more, m- making me more comfortable reading tarot for others. Mm-hmm. It was always something I was just kind of, you know, I was comfortable to fumble through myself, but it, it helped me to kind of be a little bit more confident in my skills to actually be able to read for other people. So I would definitely recommend people check out your tarot class. I think that would be very cool. Um, another thing that we've been working on is uh, our spell kits, which are on mm-hmm. our Etsy. We keep getting thank you. I, I can't thank everyone enough for all the amazing reviews. Um, so many people that have bought the kits uh, or just other things on our Etsy have left just wonderful reviews. And I just I can't thank you enough. It's been awesome. We recently mm-hmm. released our love spell kits. Um, I'm excited that uh, a lot of a lot of people are still buying the ancestor kits, which I think is mm-hmm. really cool because I think that you know it's something we've talked about that can become such an important part of your practice as you kind of start. You know, a lot of it is is trying to reconnect. Um, you know, with with familial lines, even if you didn't know them, or just people in your in your past, um, and just kind of connecting with that to help you. You know, kind of connect to a deeper level. And so that's been very exciting. Uh, we also wanted to let everyone know that in celebration of the month of February, we are going to have a raffle and we are going to be raffling off a screaming goat. And the way that you can win the screaming goat is to post on Instagram and tag us a picture of our, that Witch life sticker and what you've done with it. So I know some people, we had uh, Remy, who was previously on our show, put it on her car. Yes, it's I've been seen lots, them, of, lots of bumpers out there. Lots of bumpers. I've seen them on uh, mugs. I've seen them on water bottles. I've seen them on mm-hmm. computers. I have I've it on my all. coffee cup, my travel yep. mug. 
I've seen them on all kinds of stuff. So go to Insta, post where you have put your That Witch Life sticker yeah. and hashtag That Witch Love for the month of February. And at the end of February, we are actually going to uh, just do a drawing of all the people who have sent in uh, pictures and tagged us. And someone's going to win a screaming goat. So yeah. please, hashtag that which love. So post your pictures of what you've done with your sticker on Instagram. Tag us and you that will be which entered. That which life podcast. Yep. And then hashtag that which love. So that three which things. love. And you will be entered into a raffle for winning a screaming goat. Your very own screaming goat. Very Everyone needs a screaming goat. Like, By the way, in case everyone thinks we've we've locked Hillary in a closet, we have not. Her internet sucks, and she got booted off. So nice. <laughs> nice. So we're just going to say really nice things about her while she's gone. So yes. So if and if you don't yet have a sticker, you can get uh, all of our spell kits come with a sticker, or you can just buy a sticker on our Etsy, or you can get a spell card that has a sticker inside. So. Please, you know, we want to see what you've done with your stickers. There's still time to get Where in the world are they? I, I'm actually really excited because I've yeah, seen me too. some really clever things that people have done with this kind of stuff. So I can't wait to see it. And I can't wait to see hashtag that witch love. All love witch love. So good. And we also want to thank all of our supporters on Patreon. Last week, we released an exclusive interview with Don Hunt of Kachina Aurora, who was talking about food magic and aphrodisiacs. Yeah, we, you know what was fun? I think if people follow follow us on Instagram, you'll see that right after my conversation with Don, um, Ichabod, my husky mix, de- absolutely devoured my copy of A Kitchen Witch's Guide to Love and Romance. I'm like, I don't, I hope this is not like foreboding of a really shitty Valentine's Day for <laughs> for me, but it was really sad. So yeah, so <laughs> I had to run out and get another copy. Well, but. he only eats your favorite books. So he only eats know, my favorite books. You know, that's, that's and, how it works. Yeah. So he there is an Ichabod review on uh, that Wish Life of Don's uh, delicious cookbook. So yeah. We also released a recording of our virtual Imilk ritual. In case yes. you didn't have time last week to join us for the Imilk rite. You can uh, rewatch it on our Patreon and uh, and join in and maybe do it yourself on your own time. Mm-hmm. For as little as a dollar a month, you can get access to that and other witchism content. Higher levels get you access to our private Facebook page, quarterly special events, boxes of goodies. And if you join at the Screaming Goat level, you can also join us for monthly virtual meetups. Yes. And Courtney will pull a tarot card for you. Uh, this week, she is pulling a card for asthma. Yeah. So, okay. Um, I don't know if it's asthma or Ozma. Um, I almost want to call her Ozma because that's the name of the princess in um, Return to Oz. Don't say a word. I know you didn't like that movie, but I thought she was pretty badass. Um, so uh, the card I got for Ozma is the High Priestess. So this is really a time for you, Ozma, to be leaning into your magic. It is time to trust your intuition. It is time to be open to your psychic experiences. Definitely keep your dream journal by your bed because the spirits are really wanting to talk to you. Notice synchronicities that are happening. And this is a powerful time to do some magic. So make some use of that time. Um, High Priestess is a very, very good card, especially to get at the start of a year. It's a start of a lot of manifestation to come. So, um, Thank you, and thank you again for supporting us at the Screaming Goat level. 
Other ways uh, you can support the show, if you can't do a monthly donation, you can buy us a coffee or buy That Witch Life merchandise on Etsy. You can also consider becoming an episode sponsor. It's a great way to promote your business to thousands of witches. You can also purchase a shout out, let people know about your virtual event, or just to send love to your favorite witch. You can find out more on our website at thatwitchlife.com. And I think we're ready for a word from our sponsors. I think so. If you've listened to us at all, you know that all three of us are completely obsessed with shiny, pretty things, especially me. Shiny, pretty things include tattoos and piercings as well as jewelry. 2020 was a total drag. So 2021 is the perfect time to be the best, sparkliest version of yourself with some custom tattoo work, killer jewelry, or a new piercing. Adorn Body Art has unique jewelry designs from vendors all over the world, so we were super excited to partner with Adorn as an episode sponsor. Established in 2000, Adorn is a woman-owned tattoo piercing jewelry studio dedicated to offering the best service to their clients and local community with three thriving locations in Southeast Portland, Beaverton, and Vancouver, Washington. Adorn's selection is not only the largest in the Pacific Northwest, but they also carry the highest quality of ornate, ethically sourced natural adornments, which is a big deal for me. From amethyst to rutilated quartz to tiger's eye and citrine, they have jewelry options with stones for every chakra. And you can order online. The thing that separates Adorn from other studios is that they are focused on art and not attitude. Their mission is to help their clients feel like the truest version of themselves and achieve body autonomy. If you're looking to get pierced, Adorn can also assist with custom creating the piece of jewelry of your dreams to be as unique as you. So the possibilities are endless with ongoing education for each piercer who is also certified through the association of professional piercers and state-of-the-art sterilization and sanitation you are always safe and get the very best when you come to adorn adorn operates by appointment only so go to adornbodyart.com where you can also see a sneak peek of the gorgeous jewelry that they carry adorn is just amazing so make sure you check out their incredible jewelry selection or book an appointment today Thank you to Adorn Body Art for being an episode sponsor. In November, we had the amazing Don Hunt of Kachina Aurora on the show to talk all about food magic. And since then, we've all been obsessed with Kachina Aurora and their line of magical and delicious products. Seriously, I dressed my holiday dinner with a savory sage oil charged for wisdom and knowledge, and I bought my food-loving in-laws Kachina Aurora gift sets, which include infused olive oils, a garlic-infused olive oil for protection, and a rosemary oregano-infused olive oil charged for peaceful energy. I was delighted when Kanani bought me the same set for my Yule present. Now that I've done buying for other people, I am all about getting a bunch of this for myself because I am I'm <laughs> so excited. Kachina Aurora's oils are all made by hand and they do visualization and meditation over all of them as they're made. So they are infused with not just the flavors, but also the energies of the herbs and spices. And what's super awesome is that Dawn now has a new cookbook available, A Kitchen Witch's Guide to Recipes for Love and Romance. There are just so many good recipes in this book that are both delicious and will also help you focus in on the areas of love you'd like to enhance. I am someone who cooks a lot, so it's a great tool for me to plan meals that complement the magical work I'm doing. For example, she has a kale, chickpea, and quinoa salad designed for both health and opening the heart chakra. But this is a great book for witches who don't cook too. 
you can use it to think about which foods you might want to eat that will support your magical work as she lists the magical properties in many common foods. Whether you're interested in a kitchen witch's guide to recipes for love and romance or any of the other amazing oils or magical food products that Kachina Aurora offers, they have a special rate for our listeners. Go to kachinaaurora.com and enter Witch Life 2021 at checkout to get 10% off. The offer is good all year. Thank you so much to Kachina Aurora for being an episode sponsor. So I made a huge mistake the other day. We got a box of teas from the Jasmine Pearl Tea Company, and I thought I was being nice by sharing them with Hillary, but now I wish I'd kept the whole thing to myself because y'all... This tea is incredible. It is so good that I told my husband not to make me coffee because I would rather have a cup of Lapsang Shushang tea for myself. I mean, I'm an opera singer who used to live in England. So basically, tea is life in my mind. And let me tell you, these teas are so good. The Burnside Chai really gets me going in the morning and that Aria blend soothes my throat after long days of singing and recording the podcast with this maniac. So one of the things I love about the Jasmine Pearl Tea Company is that they are a family-owned business. They were started by proprietor Heather Acosta and her husband Chuck. Everything is hand-blended by their small team in Northeast Portland. Jasmine Pearl's tea blending philosophy is based on using excellent quality ingredients, most of them organic, and building blends around good teas versus using mediocre ingredients and dumping a bunch of flavoring in them. I was always someone who liked tea well enough, but I wouldn't ever call myself a tea drinker, but... Jasmine Pearl Tea Company has totally made me into a tea drinker. I have been waking up to their black teas in the morning, especially when we're doing our super early recordings, and I've been enjoying their herbal teas in the afternoon while I'm trying to edit this thing. Their vanilla rose tea is like silk in a cup. Oh my God, it is so good. To be honest, Kanani and Courtney are probably sick of hearing me talk about these teas, but honestly, there are so many incredible tea options that there really is something there for everyone, including the tea snobs among us like myself. They offer free shipping on orders of $25 or more. Check them out at thejasminepearl.com and let them know you heard Courtney and Hillary gush all about them on That Witch Life podcast. Thank you to the Jasmine Pearl for being an episode sponsor. Anyway, so I, let me properly introduce Gabriella. Gabriella Herstick is a witch, fashion alchemist, and author living in Los Angeles. She is the author of Inner Witch, A Modern Guide to the Ancient Craft, Bewitching the Elements, A Guide to Empowering Yourself Through Earth, Air, Fire, Water, and Spirit, and most recently, Embody Your Magic, A Guided Journal for the Modern Witch. She has written for publications such as Vogue International, Nylon, Dazed Beauty, Glamour, and more on the intersection of witchcraft glamour and sexuality, and she fronts the High Priestess column on High Times Magazine. She is a devotee of the goddess of love and believes that magic is for everyone. Welcome, Gabriella. Thank you guys for having me. So honored to be in all y'all's company. Yes, we're so excited to have you. We're going to start with our our first question, which we love to ask people and hear the answer to, which is, how did you know that you were a witch or a magical person? Oh, I love this question. Um, I would say I knew I, I was a witch when I, I discovered the craft when I was around 12 years old. And um, I grew up Jewish, was in the process of, I, would have, I, got, I had my bat mitzvah about 
a year and some change after discovering witchcraft. And I and had gone to Salem a few years before um, on mm-hmm. Halloween and yes. did a ritual and eating pomegranates and went to the witchcraft museum, like had these wax figures tell me about Wicca. And later when I discovered Wicca um, a couple years later, as a, a preteen in the occult witchcraft section of Barnes and Noble, which is, I feel like we're a lot yes. of us Yes, ourselves. absolutely. The and little like, tarot cards and stuff. Yeah. Um, I, I remember reading about it in, um, the book, A Witch's Guide to Fairy Folk and learning about witchcraft and the goddess and fairies. And I just had this inner, inner knowing, um, and recognition of coming home to something. It just felt like this deep, deep familiarity. And it's still to this day, not, um, I, I haven't had that same feeling of, of, of just, knowing and of truth. Um, so I would say that that's really when I discovered I was a witch, even if I didn't necessarily go through my initiation yet, my self-initiation, even if I hadn't really claimed that title, I would say that that was when I like recognized that this wasn't just something that was going to be a phase. It felt even as like a, you know, a a 12 year old, I knew that it was something that was going to be very important to me. And it has been. Um, I actually have a Two of your books. I have the Embody Your Magic, A Guided Journal, and Bewitching the Elements. Um, And they're both fabulous. And I wanted to ask, um, because I thought it was... I don't know. I guess I I loved guided journals because I am not good at journaling. And so to have one where you really have like a step-by-step guide... um, on, on how to journal, what to journal, how to kind of get your thoughts jogging kind of in one direction. What, what prompted you to write a guided journal? I mean, I, I, it's amazing, but how did you, you think of something like that? Um, so I'm going to be completely honest. My publishers approached me and were like, Hey, do you want to write a guided journal? That's witchy. And I'm an avid journaler. I am super, super air sign. My chart is air sign dominant. And, um, I have always loved, I have always loved words and writing. Um, so when they approached me about it, it was just like a natural fit. I have a daily journaling practice, um, that I've been doing for about two years, over two years. And, um, so, you know, obviously that was like, I, I didn't come up with idea. I don't know if I would have thought about that, but, um, I, because journaling, especially through 2020, I wrote that journal. Um, I think I wrote it like last. May or something. It was a pretty fast process between writing it and turning it in and getting it published. Um, we were already in the pandemic when I was approached about it. And when I, or we were just entering it when we were, I was approached. And by the time I started writing it, we were like, in, we were in it. Um, so I know from my own experience, from my own just journaling practice, how powerful it can be to have a space where first off you can be like as bitchy, as dramatic, as honest, as petty as you want. Like, I mean, I know the, you know, the idea of a safe space that those words get used very often and sometimes exaggerated, but I really do think that a journal, um, you know, as long as you don't have parents who are, uh, imposing on your, on your stuff, which I think a lot of us, you know, as adults, thankfully don't have to deal with that. Um, mm. 
a, a journal is a safe space. It's somewhere where you can be radically vulnerable, radically honest, where you don't have to worry about your, you know, it's really just worrying about judging yourself. And I, yeah. I think with the guided journal, when there's kind of this outside voice of taking you through the steps, it, it feels like, you know, there's that structure that you can then flow through. Like I really, um, I think that, you know, it's, like anything where it can be hardest to start. And if you have a place to start and you just start, it's easier. And I know in my own life, journaling has been a really big way that I've managed my anxiety and, you know, just mental stuff, especially through 2020 and through 2021. Mm. Um, and part of the, the way that I broke down the journal was through the elements and I corresponded them to different parts of the body. So there's a section on the earth, which corresponds to the physical body, the home, um, you know, that kind of stuff, um, which is really, you can think of it as well, like the tarot suits, um, mental body is related to air. So there's a chapter on, on that and on creating words of power. And, um, each section has, you know, tarot spread and different spells and rituals, which is also really important to me. I wanted it to also be kind of like a, I call it a DIY grimoire where it was a, it was mm. a guided journal, but you could also have space to record these different spells and rituals to look back on and also to figure out what works and what doesn't. Um, there's a chapter on water or a section on water, which is the emotional body. Um, and for me, shadow work is a big part of my journaling practice. It's really how I dissect my darkness and the things about myself that I'm, I might still be struggling to accept and to understand. And I think that, you know, it's, it's kind of alchemical taking something from your mind and putting it into a physical object is you are in a way casting, you know, it's a kind of magic. You are transferring something from the etheric into the physical. Um, and I think that especially around emotions, whether that's jealousy, whether that's pain or trauma or depression or anxiety or sadness or shame, um, journaling can be not, not necessarily the end all be all right. Like it's only one part of a, a healthy mental health practice, really, um, if you're lucky enough to have other things that help, but it can definitely help you navigate what you need. And I, I know for myself that having that as a first step allows me to more clearly be present and see what else I need to do. Um, so there's water and then there's a section on fire, which is about passion and sexuality. Sex magic is a big part of my practice mm. alongside shadow work. So it's important for me to include that, especially because there's still so much shame around sexuality and masturbation and all of those things. Um, and then there's a, a section on spirit, which is connection to spiritual practice, connection to deities and angels and um, I wanted it to be a mix of, yeah, spells and rituals, like I mentioned, that are, you know, there's some that are more lighthearted, there are some that are more serious, and then tarot spreads to help you, let's say if you sit down to journal and you don't really know what to journal on, you can, you know, pull some tarot cards with using those spreads and, and see what's there. Um, and It was, I mean, it was phenomenally done. Thank I, you so I, much. I, even if you didn't come up with the idea, it's very clear that... You were very well versed Thank you. in what you created. So I'm not surprised to hear that you yourself are an incredibly avid uh, journaler because it just, it's it's so easy. Um, and I think right now, like you said, it is a safe space, you know, to, to have a journal. And, and at least for myself, 
you know, my mind is so scattered that I can sit down and I, you know, I don't know what to write. And so the fact that you give these suggestions, you know, you give questions for people to, for people to think about and to ponder and then write. And you even, you know, how to create your own, you know, bath spell and like, you know, Mm. come up with different ideas, things like that. Like that's, it was it was very well done, and Thank I you. definitely i would I would recommend it to our listeners. Um, it was embody your magic, a guided journal for the modern witch, and yeah. for people who really you know struggle with journaling, it's it's very helpful. Yeah, I, I, mean, I really me. yeah. I was gonna say that's me. I really struggle with journaling. I mean, I've done it. I've I've done it in chunks throughout my lifetime, but I'm really bad at. Um, or I guess not bad at, but I'm not uh, accustomed to a daily journaling practice. So I think that I don't like to say bad at things because that's just like, it's just that I don't do it regularly. Um, but I think that I think that guided journaling is so helpful because it's, you know, for people that don't do it regularly or kind of don't know where to start or they struggle to get their, you know, like figure out the exactly the starting point, you know, I think that it really helps to have something that kind of holds your hand through that process because once you develop it like any other habit, right, once it's developed, it becomes average and part, it becomes norm, a normal part of your life where, you know, getting that started. It's like you think you don't have anything to say and then with, with a prompt, it turns out you actually have quite a lot to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's yeah. also, I feel like it's it could really help with a lot of uh, witches with agency in being able to create their own work. And instead of, you know, so many witchcraft books are uh, prescriptive and that's meant to be helpful. But the problem is that it starts to leave someone who's just on their own reading this, like we talk about this a lot about, am I doing it wrong? Mm-hmm. Whereas I feel like yours is a tool to say, well, here's some, here's some help to help you figure out what you should do for yourself. Yeah. Thank you. That all means yeah, a lot. Yeah, no, abs- absolutely. I appreciate it. And I feel like part of the reason part of the reason I love working with the elements so much and I included that as the structure was because I, I really think that once you understand the language of the elements and you kind of understand what they represent, um, it's easier to figure out what you need in that moment. Like if you're really stressed about, you know, about work, then you know that you can maybe practice some grounding or go into that chapter of the book. Or if you're feeling really just sad, then, you know, like, okay, well, that's more of a water thing. And you can go to that section of the, of the journal. So I wanted it to be divided where it was, it was both comprehensive and easy to, easy to use. It's so important to me. I want, it's really important for my work to be accessible. I don't need, want you to need a million ingredients. I don't want you to need to do it. You know, obviously we all love working with whatever the seasons, the moon phases, the holidays, but like sometimes you need to do a a working or journal like on a certain day and you can't wait until the next full moon or new moon. So I always want it to be something that people can, um, can work with without feeling like bogged down by like all the steps they have to take, which just makes it not, you know, they're like, okay, well, I have a million things I need to do. So that's just making me more anxious and now I don't want to do it at all. So. Yeah, and the other the other book, A Guide to Empowering Yourself Through Earth, Air, Fire, Water, and Spirit, Bewitching the Elements, you really go into depth for the different things for the different elements, which was, it was amazing. And one of my favorite things, um, which I think just has a lot to do with um, kind of just positive 
self-help, self-talk, self-healing was you have a million mantras, Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. I thought was awesome because that's just one of those things where, you know, it's just so helpful to kind of retrain your brain to saying positive things to yourself, to thinking positive things. And that can have such a huge impact, you know, on someone's, on someone's mental health. Mm -hmm. And you do go into, you know, some sex magic and love magic and things like that. And so one of the things I wanted to ask you was if you have any um, successful or horribly gone wrong love spell stories that you would like to share. Oh, please do tell. Yes. Oh, yeah. These are my favorites. <laughs> um, I'll, I, I feel like the one that I thought was the most eye-opening for me was that like, I did a love spell. I think it might have been a honey jar spell um, to attract you know, a partner. I don't really do it for, you know, I'm all about free will. I'm not going to do a love spell for a specific person. Too messy, not cool to fuck with somebody else's energy in that way, in my opinion. Um, But I, like, wrote a list of all the things I wanted and, you know, did some sex magic and ended up um, going on a few dates with somebody who literally, you know, all the boxes were checked except the one box I forgot or the one thing I forgot was to say emotionally available and they were totally emotionally unavailable. Ah, my God, yes. Gabriella, this is my story. I did the exact same spell. We probably dated the same guy. Yeah, I was like, but I ended up um, like reading later on. I was invited to read poetry about dudes at an event called Emotionally Unavailable. And somehow the video got back to him and he like messaged me about it. And I was like, you don't even know how funny this is because you are emotionally unavailable. Like, but it was a good, it was a good catharsis, but I learned my lesson then. Um, and always add the end. I now always add the addendum, um, this or something better for the highest good of all involved. So, and I think that's important to say that because a lot of people are nervous about love spells. If you go mm-hmm. on Reddit, because <sighs> Kanani and I were like, oh, let's go on Reddit and let's find some love spells go wrong. But honestly, <laughs> all of the threads were about like, oh, I would never. Oh, I would never. I would never. Because there is that question about like, am I messing with someone's free yeah. will? And I think that's a question we could have about any magic spell mm-hmm. you do in anything. But there's something that people are so afraid to cast love yeah. spells. Do you, do you have any thoughts on that? I do. I mean, you know, it's like casting. It's, I totally agree. It's like, well, if you're doing a healing for somebody who's unaware that you're doing a healing spell for them or like sending somebody energy when they haven't necessarily consented, like, you know, it's like you're still fucking with somebody's free will. I think with love spells specifically, especially if you're using sex magic, just because that is such like love brings up such a depth and intensity of emotion that when you add that already like emotional connection or like doing a love spell for somebody else. I I do think that they're like, I just, I don't advise it. I really am in the camp of believing that um, if you want to be the most, cast the most powerful love spell possible, that you should strive to embody love and to be a channel for love Mm -hmm. and to live as love and like become a magnet for that. And then do your working too. But like, it's just... I think because there is such love brings out people's, you know, their, their most, it brings out people's depths. I mean, you can think of goddesses of love who are also often goddesses of war or cause major chaos, right? Like it's, it's an intense emotion. And I do think that there is something to be said about not fucking with somebody's free will 
And I also think that like you can absolutely cast love spells where you're not hurting anybody and you don't have to be scared of it because love is a natural force that everybody deserves. So I think it's a both and, you know, not so much and or. I do think that there's a way to like, yeah, if you're going to do a love spell uh, on a specific person and like you also just might end up hurting yourself worse than you're hurting them, which is also not really. Yeah the best so i mean it's it goes down to the what our our patron saint of love songs bonnie Raitt said i can't make you love me if you don't mm-hmm. you know and that's like like no matter how powerful the love spell is if that person doesn't have even a like if there's yeah. a spark of love in there It'll, your yeah. magic can cause it to grow yeah but if that's if the person doesn't have those feelings for you um your magic might create circumstances where you're more together. They might create more chemistry. They might create even that person focusing on you more, but you can't create love if it's not there. Absolutely. You know, if there, there might be a spark there that you can make grow, but if that person truly doesn't desire you, it's not going to work. And I've, I've, I think it's, it's funny. I remember hearing a love story about um, one friend of mine. She actually paid someone to do a love spell on someone who um, she was too shy to speak to. Like she could not bring herself to speak to this man. And so this person was doing the love work and doing the love work and other, this person was attracted, this is a woman who was attracted to men. Other men started coming into the picture, but she couldn't see past that she wanted that one. And that person's like, you've never spoken to him. Yeah. Like, I, c- I can't do, I can't work with this. Yeah. Also, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. How, if you can't even speak to the person, how are you going to communicate your needs, your boundaries, your desires? Mm, like, yeah. And how do you even really know who they are? Well, you know? yeah. Like, right. when you've never actually had that kind of a back and forth communication, you know, do you really think you know what you're getting into kind of thing, you know? You're in love with an ideal that person at that point doesn't even exist. Yeah. So there's no way the spell's going to work. And I also think, too, you know, it's like, do you really want to force, quote unquote, someone to love you? Like, I don't because that never works, right? It's like, do you want to uh, use magic to help break down some barriers? Do you want to help magic ignite what already exists? Like Courtney said, you know, like, but if you don't have, like... I don't. I want someone that is a fu- like is like fuck yes. I want to be with you. I don't want someone that's like. I mean, yeah, this is cool and whatever. And yeah, like I kind of want to hang yeah, out. Yeah, I don't know why, cool. but I mean, like, I have to. I have to confess something. I've actually never told Kanani or Hillary this. This is about to get oh, really fuck. embarrassing. So okay, was very young, <laughs> my early twenties. Oh, no. Very lonely. Because I was literally living in a mansion over a frozen sea in Connecticut. Like it was. I remember that. You place. remember that. So. This uh, this person in my life was like meddling, saying, "I really think so and so is into you." I'm like, "I'm pretty sure so and so is gay," and he goes, "Oh no, but I think he, I think he has space for you." And I was so lonely. I started doing love magic on this man who was gay, and I will tell you, I think there was a fondness that grew from him. I think he grew fonder of me, but it was never going to happen. Never gonna happen. And I did no, it's never going to happen because he's not. That's that's not he, he would, would never love me that way. I did see a fondness grow. I think we became better friends for a time, you know. But <laughs> I think I know exactly who you're talking about too. I did. I was. I didn't even really like him actually. But I was so lonely. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, you know, you're like I'll give it a go. I know. Well, let me just try. 
you know, magic love spells can be so powerful in working magic on myself to be able to break down my own boundaries around love, right? Mm. Because to me, that was like, it's like I had to let go of some shit to actually make room for some shit, right? So, so you know, or like, again, like, it's one thing to say, for me, I feel like what's much more powerful than like, you know, I'm in love with Todd and Todd is going to be, you know, like that's not, you shouldn't right? love, no, no, Hillary, you don't love someone I named don't Todd. love someone we, named that's Todd. That's not no. allowed. I have a friend you named, no, 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 no Chad, no Chads, no, no Brats, you know, Chad. so, oh my gosh. you know, uh, <laughs> Trevor, Trevor, no Trevors. Actually, I ha- I know a pretty cool Trevor, but like, of course, Hillary knows. It's like, Hillary's like, well, actually I know a cool She's person. She's like, I know a guy named all these things. But the thing is, they're brothers actually. They live next door. The thing, the thing is, is that, you know, you're much better off doing exactly what you said, Gabriella, which is casting a spell to fu- like draw the person that would be a good match for you in. Magic can't make people less douchey. No, <laughs> they can. It can bring come them around. It can help remove obstacles. It can like maybe catch their attention, right? If they like, if the feelings were there, but they didn't see you, or you weren't projecting what you like that you were interested, right? They can embolden you. They can, you know, like they can enhance your, your, you know, so many things. But I really think the key is that you can't force something to work that doesn't have any structure, bones. Like where the bones aren't there, you can't, it's not going to hold up on its own. Gabriella, do you have like a, a go-to love spell that you use yourself or that when people say, I need a love spell, what do I do? Do you have kind of a go-to? Honestly, mine is just like down and dirty sex magic. Just like make yes. your masturbation yes. sex- section. Make your masturbation session into like a magical experience. Like use the senses, wear something that makes you feel good, make that atmosphere something that allows you to be present. Like I think that it's even just such a powerful spell to like allow yourself to experience feeling weird because if you've never done sex magic, you're going to feel weird. Um, And Mm -hmm. like allowing that shame, if you feel any shame around that, to be an offering to whatever goddess you work with or to the universe or to yourself and then to just like allow the pleasure to be the spell. And you can pair it. I think I love sex magic because you can pair it with so much other, so many other kinds of magic. Um, candle magic's a really good one. So my go-to is just figure out your intention. If you work with sigils, make a sigil around it. Be open, be specific, have your, you know, have a clear intention, but also be open to the universe doing her thing. Because like you were saying, like, we think we know what's best for us, but we're humans. And often the time, like I know for myself, like some of the love spells that I've cast haven't come true because they were, they were not meant to happen. And those people that, you know, maybe I wanted, or the people that ended up coming into my life from them that I wanted it to be the result of this magical working weren't the people that had those things that I need, like you were saying, Hillary. Um, so create an atmosphere that you feel comfortable in, that you feel sensual in, and then use your orgasms to fuel your desires or your sexual energy. Cause it, I, not everybody orgasms and there's nothing wrong with that. So just allowing that, you know, the sensations and the pleasure to be 
part of the offering and part of that offering to yourself and feeling grateful for it. And then as the peak of the energy comes, focusing on your intention, sending it to your sigil, sending it to your candle, sending it to the God, goddess, whatever it is, and then basking in what you've just created and continuing to visualize and feel what it's like to get your intention. And then just allowing that to be, to be the spell. I I mean, you know, I think a lot of us masturbate anyway. And when you bring intention into it, like, just makes it more fun and it's just it's just my favorite favorite way to fuel my love magic and my sex magic um but I always love a candle spell I love a honey jar spell too but like I'm like feel those with sex magic use that as your um as your tool and you know like again not everybody's gonna be down with that and that's totally okay I never want people to feel like they have to do something so like if you're ace if you're you're not really into sex like that is totally fine and I would suggest some kind of movement or energy raising to fuel your spell um dancing spinning in circles chanting but uh I just I'm just a huge proponent of sex magic so that's always what I'm gonna say I love it that's awesome no that's Mm -hmm. a phenomenal suggestion and like you said and it's it's something you can use with other types of magic as well, or, you know, you can add other things to it, you know, if that kind of, you know, helps you feel like you're, you're adding to that energy and whatnot. Yeah. Um, you can make it a whole ritual. You can call the elements, you can cast your circle. If that's do an LBRP, mm-hmm. like whatever it is, and then use that as the way, raising the energy, the cone of power. But you can also just can be its own ritual too, which I think is like very accessible. Mm-hmm. I think it's a reminder that like begets like. So using self pleasure, you're when you are in pleasure, you're attracting more pleasure. Yeah. Oh, for right? sure. Whatever pleasure, whatever pleasure means for you. Exactly. Um, yeah. You know, I want someone to bring me the right kind, and it doesn't just mean someone that you have great chemistry with. You do want to have chemistry with your person, but but it's a matter of I want to feel good, and the way that I feel good now, I want this person to come to me. Yeah. Or people to come to you if yeah. you're Polly. One of the things you talk about um, in your book that I thought was very cool is you talk a lot about, um, for Love Magic and whatnot, um, the benefits of working with the goddess Venus. Yes, who's behind me do for you, people who... In the, beautiful. <laughs> so do you want to kind of talk to people about that, ways that they can they can work with Venus sure. to kind of work with love magic? Venus is the Roman goddess of love, of desire, of victory, of fertility, and beauty. Her Grecian, her Grecian equivalent is Aphrodite. Um, and I just think she is such a powerful goddess because at least the way my relationship with her and the way that I see her is she uses love as a way to be transformed, to transform and to ex- just know herself. Um, I think that seeing love as an offering is really powerful. And like, I also think that one of the things that Venus can teach us is that love doesn't have to be like romantic partnership, that love is expansive mm-hmm. and the love of family, the love of friends, platonic love, romantic love, like sexual love. Those are all equally valid. Um, and as somebody who is like very much inspired by love, but has never been in a romantic relationship, like I've dated, but I've never had a partner. Um, I, I, weirdly enough, find a lot of, um, I find a really deep connection with Venus through this idea that there are, there's not one kind of love. Cause even though she had, you know, she was married and she had partners, she was never somebody, or she's never, she's not a goddess who's defined by her relationships. So I think that on one hand, 
acknowledging and finding gratitude for all the love you have in your life already is a really, really powerful way to start. And really, you know, it's like we like we as humans, we tend to focus on the thing that we don't have. Right. Like my mom always says, like, there's a, a white, a white, a whiteboard of all of the good things. And as soon as you put a black dot in it with the one bad thing, that's what you focus on. Um, mm. So, you know, just because you don't have one kind of love doesn't mean that you don't have love in your life. And then what does, like you were saying, Courtney, like, what does pleasure mean to you? What does love mean to you? What does sexuality mean to you? And how important are these things along with desire and figuring out what kind of experiences go along with that and doing it for yourself. So like I always buy myself flowers and I put them on my altar for Venus. Um, I like honestly have so many like friend dates with my friends. Like we'll go sit at the cemetery right now, socially distanced with masks on, of course. Um, or before this, you know, we'd go, we do things together and I would do things for myself that I wanted partners to do with me. So I think establishing Aww. a relationship with yourself in that way, I really, um, a few years ago realized that like I wasn't receiving the love that I wanted and that I had to become my own lover to have those experiences. So part of that for me was sex magic and was exploring um, also kink by myself because I, that was something that I wanted to explore, but I didn't have anybody to explore it with. Um, and that means, you know, treating your, writing romantic poetry to yourself, writing love letters to yourself. Like those are obviously very, you know, like very cliche things, but you know, if that's something that like, as somebody who writes, like I love, I love, I love reading romantic poetry. So like something like that, but I think establishing a relationship, a loving relationship with yourself, not that you have to like love yourself because that's a struggle for a lot of us. And that is something that comes with time, but seeing the fact, seeing your seeing your own pleasure and your own desires as worth exploring and then figuring out what those are and doing that for yourself. Um, setting up an altar or a energetic focal point of your room where you can, you know, either put a statue of Venus or maybe put an Oracle card of Venus, maybe have some roses, um, some silver jewelry, a candle and spending time there and praying to her. I think that, you know, a lot of us connect prayer with Christianity or Judaism if you were raised Jewish or even Islam if you were raised Muslim. Um, but prayer is not, a, it's non-denominational. It's a way that you commune with whatever it is you believe in. And I, I think there's so much power in taking the time to affirm those things to whatever is, you know, in this case, Venus, praying to her, meditating with her, um, wearing something that makes you feel beautiful. She is seen a lot naked in art but even before that she was always she's a goddess um who was a glamour queen adorned in beautiful fabrics and beautiful jewelry um her predecessors and nana ishtar the um, um sumerian and akkadian goddesses of love that came before her uh wore a crown of stars the constellation and had a beautiful magic girdle so you know you can use lingerie and you can use adornment as a way to connect with these with this goddess and with um seeing yourself as an embodiment of her I think that's been a really that's a really big part of my relationship with her it's like it's you know as above so below yes I am devoted to Venus but at the same time I see myself as an embodiment of her I see myself as a living temple in honor of her and um, you know, like I, I recognize I'm like, I'm a skinny, able body, able body white woman. It is a lot easier for me to, to, to think that and to see that, but the goddess in my eyes isn't everything and she is everything. And 
allowing yourself to know that and treating yourself as a sanctuary for the goddess's love is so powerful. Um, and that can mean doing things like, you know, taking salt baths, putting perfume on, um, Venus is honored and has been honored for thousands of years through like nice smelling oils and perfumes. So there's so many different ways to, to connect with her. And I think that like, Anything that makes you feel love and that connects you to your heart is a beautiful way of doing that. Um, also seeing where Venus is in your birth chart, what sign that's in, and also um, what houses, what like what houses um, Libra and Taurus are for you in your birth chart and what you have there, as well as like if you work with the tarot, the major arcana correspondence for Venus is the Empress, so you can meditate with her. Um, and of course, like seeing what goddesses of love are in your own culture and your own heritage, because, you know, it's like, yes, goddesses are different entities. They're different. They're definitely different beings with their own opinions and needs and correspondences. But there are so many overlaps with mythology, especially with the goddesses of love. So um, I think that's not a bad way to start as well. One of the things that I really, I really like how you focus on doing for yourself kind of the things that make you feel loved. Mm -hmm. One of the reasons I love that so much is I think for some of, uh, I think our older listeners will completely understand what I'm saying and our younger ones will in time kind of understand what I'm saying um, because I wouldn't have believed it if you told me when I was younger. What you want from your partner is going to be different in different phases of your life. Mm, yes. It was a huge it was a huge issue in my first uh, marriage, the lack of romance. And I was like I could never I can't be in a relationship that does not involve romantic gestures. Like that was just too important to me. I you know had a very rom-com idea of what I wanted out of my partnership. And that was, that was a deal breaker and that, and it, re, and it literally was a deal breaker. And, and for my partner, I now understand at much older and, and I knew at the time and, and he and I had some really great conversations together that that just kind of wasn't his love language and it wasn't a lack of love on his part. That just wasn't mm -hmm. what he did. And he was never going to do that and not out of a lack of love, just out of, that's just not really who he was. And I find in my my current marriage, her current um, marriage, my current <laughs> this, marriage. This, I know, that's what I always say. My, my current, current marriage. marriage. <laughs> I say that to my husband all the time. Well, this one. Oh my god. You know this one. I'll see how long this one lasts. Well, she's been planning her next wedding for quite for a while. Ever. I know, and he keeps insisting on being in it, and that's that's <laughs> negotiable. That's negotiable. But. Um, I, I, one of my things was always, I want flowers. I want someone who buys me flowers. You know what? I have signed on to a fucking monthly flower club I and I get flowers delivered to me every oh, month and they're stunning. That's such a good idea. And I love them. Oh, and, and all of these things that my husband does for me, I mean, I can't count on all my fingers and my toes. And that's his love language. He literally takes care of me. Yeah. He cooks, he cleans. 
you know, he can't do anything involving technology to save his life. That's where I come in. You know, there's certain... It's the opposite in takes. my house because I don't do the technology, but my husband sat down and patiently showed me how to start my new iPhone. Oh, yeah, no, no. <laughs> that's, that's, that's my... All of that is my shtick. And he put a Band-Aid on my finger when I chopped it off last night. I tell you, hilarious. I literally split my fingernail last night, my good oh, middle disgusting. finger. Yeah, well, I was... was cutting crab and I was upstairs screaming. He was upstairs on the phone with his sister and I'm in the washing in the kitchen sink just wailing and he comes downstairs he goes, honey, do we need a band-aid? Okay. Do we need a band-aid? I love I'm going to take care of it. I'm like, I got my finger off. He goes, no, but that looks pretty bad. Oh, oh my gosh. That's He's like, I'm sorry, do you need a nurse? <laughs> right? And no, that's too, Yeah, I mean, but just, yeah, I mean, as, like I said, when I was younger, that literally... That ended a marriage, and it's and it's fine. I was young, and I, I'm I'm completely at peace with. I think that was absolutely the right decision, and and I'm thrilled with where we both are in our lives right now. Um, but you know, in different parts of your life, there's going to be different things that you're going to want from your partner. Like those are certain romantic, like buying chocolates and buying flowers. I'll buy my yeah. own fucking chocolates. Yeah. I'll buy my own goddamn flowers. That's not what I need from yeah. you. Word. What I like- need to know is that you have my back and that if I need something and if I want to be a little shit that doesn't want to get out of bed, that you're going to get up and make my coffee. Aww. That is what I yeah. need from you. And so I, was say, that's I not think romance. you know what I that mean? Is that is romance. romance. Exactly. So, um, Gabriella, if you would help us, we wanted to answer a listener question. And the question was, hello, I really love your podcasts. Listening about all of you talk about witchcraft is such a pleasure. I have a question about love spells. It is the one category of spell that does not work for me ever. As in, if that is my intention, most often the candle won't even light. I'm wondering if this has something to do with the fact that I'm asexual. Do you have any advice on how to effectively tweak a spell like this to be a more fitting towards someone like me who wants a romantic relationship with little to no sex? Thank you so much. Ooh. I feel like this is kind of what we were just talking about. I feel like first off, getting very clear about what romance means to you. Like, what is your love language and like what does that look like? Is romance to you, like you said, like, is it somebody buying you flowers? Is it somebody deeply listening to you? Is it somebody making you feel safe? And like knowing that there's nothing wrong with not wanting sex and like, you know, Mm -hmm. having maybe even part of the love spell be like romance spell being like allowing yourself to be romance without that expectation. Like that, you know, you could even work that into your intention. Like may I draw somebody to me who is on the same it's on the same playing field as I am with love and with wanting a romantic relationship without sex. But I would also suggest like, I think getting really clear about what romance is um, and not doing sex magic. Obviously, if that's not something that you want to do, like don't do it, figure out another way to give yourself the romance that you want. So maybe that means buying yourself flowers, looking really pretty. Like I'm a huge uh, proponent of like taking photos like taking selfies taking sexy photos of yourself even if nobody else is seeing them like it takes a while definitely takes a second to like figure out you know what what poses and stuff but like I I find it really empowering to like be able to capture um something that makes me feel beautiful like doing something that helps you embody that energy of romance um and also like doing those things that you want to do with your partner anyway, like by yourself, like I was talking about, like do those things with your friends. If you can do those things by yourself. Um, so 
I mean, again, I don't really know what this person's practice is. I think candle magic would be a great option, even working with the tarot cards, like the empress, like, um, really taking the time to just like do something kind for yourself and like setting up that atmosphere. And, um, I would, you could even do a a working around like accepting that romance is what it is for you. And that like, that's beautiful and that's special and that's worthy of, of committing to that. Um, and you can always work with like a, a goddess. I mean, I feel like Frigg would be a good goddess, a Norse goddess. Like, I mean, it's marital love and there's definitely sex involved, but it's also like the energy, I really feel like has the energy of like commitment and devotion, which are totally things that you need in a romantic relationship, even if there's not sex involved. But I just feel like, yeah, giving yourself that and figuring out what romance means to you and um, even just like journaling about it. But I think that figuring out what that feels like in your body and like, even just doing like breath work around it and like raising that energy could be really powerful. And, um, yeah, sometimes spells don't work. I've definitely had, you know, candles that don't light and there's, it just happens. It's life. It's witchcraft. I love your suggestion about do the things for yourself or by yourself that you would want to do with your partner. I think that's a phenomenal suggestion because if you're someone who loves to go to the movies, maybe you're going to meet someone at the theater Join you know, a if film you're someone group, who loves yeah. to read, maybe you're going to meet someone in a library. Like, don't not do those things because you don't, or a restaurant, right? You love to go eat out. You love, you know, you love Italian food. Go to all, find all these new Italian food places that you can go to. Try them all, you know, once we can all kind of be out and about. Go to all of them. Maybe you're going to, at one of those, meet someone who enjoys it just like you do. And a good rule of thumb with magic, if you've been doing the same kind of spell and you're not getting any results, and as this person says, like, can't even light a candle, it's probably time to take a break from attraction work and start doing some blockbusters, some obstacle clearing, because it sounds like there's something there. Um, Maybe it's past relationships or past trauma around relationships or insecurities. I mean, we all have our stuff. So if if I were in your position, I wouldn't even ask myself, is it because I'm asexual? Listen, that's, that's not the point right now. There are people out there they're going to really want to be with you because you're asexual and that's awesome um what they what i would do though is focus on like removing the obstacles so a series of baths that are are specifically designed to whatever is blocking me from um you you know focusing like making that work um get rid of that you know road opener candles are good as well um i think you can get those through rondos and um yeah, focus, I think, first on removing obstacles, and that will help you. But also, one thing I keep meaning to say is that um, love spells that go wrong are actually, I would I would say, people are so afraid of a love spell going wrong, but I think the gift of the love spell that doesn't quite work as you hoped it would is it helps you have a better understanding of what you actually do want. Yeah. And so every time you do a love spell and it doesn't quite go right, and Gabriella, I did a love spell that ended up just like the one you talked about with all the checking the boxes except for the one. So then you're, you've educated yourself. You're like, okay, I figured this out. And I think that doing love spells, even if the first one you do doesn't bring in your partner, I do think they it moves you along in a more uh, direct path to find the person or the people you are supposed to be with. Yeah. And I also think too, you know, I think you're right. When you do the things for yourself, so like when you emulate what you want someone else to do towards yourself. So when you're like, hey, this is what I wish a partner would do and I'm going to do it for me, you're telling 
you're telling the universe that you're like worthy of that thing, right? That you deserve what you want. And I think, I think that for me, what's been very powerful is, is when you, when you recognize like, I deserve what I want. And if it doesn't come right now or ever, that's okay. Because the opposite of trying to fit into a mold is me getting what kind of sort of I want, but not really, you know? So I think that anytime you invest in yourself like that, what you're telling the universe, what you're telling, you know, your own energy is that I am worthy of this love and I am worthy of the things that I do for myself to show myself love. And that makes you more available for other people to love, you know? Absolutely. Thank you so much, Gabriella, for, for joining for us me. and all of your words of oh wisdom. Gosh, so awesome. And it was, it was absolutely wonderful uh, to have you on. Can you let our listeners know where can they find you? Yes, you can find me on the internet. My website is GabriellaHerstick.com, G-A-B-R-I-E-L-A-H-E-R-S-T-I-K.com. And I'm on Twitter and Instagram and Patreon as Gabby Herstick. Thank you so much. It was so good. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Absolutely. And thank you all so much for listening. If you want to support the show, the best way is to subscribe and spread the word. Please also consider leaving us a rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. You can also buy us a coffee or check out our merch on our Etsy store. For bonus content, become a supporter on Patreon. We are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. For show notes, audio transcript, or to ask us a question to answer on a future episode, you can go to thatwitchlife.com. Until then, keep moting that shit, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye, everybody. Bye. So mote it be. So, because I'm thinking about it now, like, well, and now if I was out in an event, would I do it? And I'm like... Probably not because everyone has a cell phone and now my boobs are going to be all over the interwebs. But back then, no one had cell phones. So how quaint was life when you used to be able to just do whatever? You got to bring out the camera and then get the film developed. You had to try and take a picture with your pager, which just didn't work because pagers didn't have...